David Stockdale here, 1-3, from Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome along to, uh, I believe, episode seven. See, I've, I've continued counting, despite saying that I wouldn't. Uh, six, I stopped that last season. That was nice of Stocko, wasn't it? Yeah, very good to hear from him on our show. Uh, he's, he's not actually here. We haven't got him in the corner, just doing like voiceovers. That would be quite good, though, actually. A bit like Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. We should have a player just sitting in the corner doing a... Coming up now, it's Colin and Bob. <laughs> yes, something to think about for future Indeed, weeks. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll ask Matt. <laughs> uh, coming up this week, we'll reflect on the big news of the week uh, in a few moments' time. No, not the cabinet reshuffle. Um, topical, doing satire now. Uh, also, we'll look back at the game against Oxford, where we got a draw, a creditable draw, you might say. We did, yes. One of those rare things, uh, a quite exciting nil-nil, even though there wasn't much gold mouth action. There was a, a Wickham Sound outing to Adams Park this week as well. That was very exciting. Where, where the rain held off, and Bob spoke to Pete Kiewig. I did indeed, yes. And Luke spoke to lots of players, uh, which included um, David Stockdale from just now. And we did see also um, Bodger without his head, which, which, which we thought was a bit of a no-no when we were just there. And then the club put up a picture on the website of this, which if you know anything about mascots, that you're not meant to do that. You're not meant to show the mascot without their mascot's head on. But fortunately, it wasn't the, the mascot, the actual the, 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 Yes. As yes. it turns out. It wasn't the real bodger. <laughs> it was <laughs> a pretend bodger. Bodger tribute act. Which sounds strangely... Strange. Well, ironically, that's <laughs> what the mascot is, I think. Anyway, uh, because actual bodger, of course, is Tony Horseman. Uh, yes. Not actual... Uh, well, that's getting stranger now. Tony Horseman isn't in the bodger suit. That's not what I mean at all. OK. Anyway, uh, our ex-player uh, slot this week is taken by uh, another goalkeeper. We've already spoken to John Mask and Colin Bunting. Uh, very excited to be chatting to Paul Hyde. And we'll be hearing from uh, Sergeant uh, Lawrence East as well, who is a, uh, a member of Thames Valley Police, who was running around the Adams Park pitch yesterday, raising money for uh, pancreatic cancer and uh, awareness as well. So we'll be talking to him. And we'll hear from Gareth looking ahead to the game against Charlton Athletic on Saturday. Uh, the first at Adams Park for some considerable time. It is, and it makes up one of the wonder of Wickham games as well, as the club have been calling it. So you might well have heard the big news this week that uh, Wickham Sound and Wickham Wanderers are teaming up. Uh, we're forming a partnership. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, <laughs> makes it sound like you and I are going to be playing in the team. <laughs> yes, we've been... <laughs> Can you imagine how... Colin and I are going to be up front because we're both quite tall. Yes, um, to put off the opposition. Indeed, yes. Some sort of distraction uh, tactic you might have seen on social media, you might have seen on the website. Uh, there was uh, lots of news. Uh, the Rob Lesprince radio show will be coming from Adams Park on a Saturday match, home day, home match day, match day, home game. Uh, there'll be uh, lots of other uh, player uh, voices on the air as well, promoting home games and uh, also you might have seen on the website the programme director Luke Davis said, Wickham Wanderers have always supported the station from day one and I'm so excited to take this partnership to the next level Wickham Sound can't wait to continue following the chairboys and supporting the club this season and many more after that Up the wick! Rob Lesprince <laughs> of the Rob Lesprince radio show said <laughs> he said, I'm not sure I want to be involved now that you've beheaded Bodger. <laughs> I think it's, it's what he said. That wasn't actually us. No, all right. That seems fair enough. No, I'm really excited about it. I, honestly, I think it's, it sounds great. And I'm really, really up for being part of this. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to it, actually. Really, really good. Because will the show be very different? Because obviously, I'm sure regular listeners to your show well, will know that um, they, they probably thought, if one thing's missing, it's, it's to have it at Adams Park. That's what it really needs. Yeah, so the, the way this all came about um, was we were we were doing drive time from Adams Park a few weeks ago, um, 
which was the Leicester game, and and um, we Luke was doing drive, but it was really great. It was a really mm. nice atmosphere, and it was um, it was one of those first matches when when the fans were allowed back into the ground, and we were saying at the time, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if we could do more of this, uh, you know, this kind of stuff? Because it was, I don't know, it was just a really lovely atmosphere. It was good to see the players. It was great to listen to on the radio. Um, and so we talked about this, and then of course this partnership has come along, uh, and so uh, and so it's it, it's become a reality. You know, it just so happens my show's on a Saturday afternoon, and yes, it's so we normally in that last hour we we do some uh, quizzes and we do some messing around and 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 don't take it all too seriously, if I'm honest. Um, so I think we're gonna we'll do something a bit different in in the last hour. It's going to be far more for the fans. We'll hopefully, I think, as you say, Colin, have some um, some voices of some of the uh, some of the players. Um, and really, just start to warm the fans up for the uh, for the event. And of course, you know, one of the things we noticed when we were at Wickham Wanderers uh, previously for the Les game is that you've got all these people like milling around in the village outside. There's the the barbecue going. There's the bars are open, and there's a real party atmosphere that, that builds out there. Now, listen, I say this now, <laughs> I say this now, but you know, come come <laughs> come February when it's like <laughs> minus two, because. Bob, the thing is, we've spoken, right? We've spoken many times on a Saturday afternoon when you've been at Wickham, and I have sat here in a nice, <laughs> nice, yes, sensibly heated studio, right? Going, oh, look yes. at you, it's windy. But it does blow a gale up there. It is always uh, cold. I, I do always think that it is one of the coldest football grounds, actually, that, that I've ever been to. Yeah. Um, and I think that <laughs> I think that's mainly due to its geography, not not from where Wickham is, but just the fact that the football ground is actually, you know, let, let's face it, it's, it's almost out in the countryside. Yeah. And so yeah. it can be really cold. Yeah. Well, um, this is the thing, right? This is the thing. We, we're not inside either, right? So we, we, we've, we've made the decision. We're going to do this. We're going to do it properly. We're going to be outside uh, with all the fans as they, as they arrive. Um, but my show starts at 12, so that's like three hours. <laughs> it's just going to be... Fun. In fact, I was looking uh, looking in the garage last night thinking I might have to dig out that old patio heater um, and take that with us <laughs> for those winter months. Um but yeah, it should be it should be good fun. Starts this Saturday, I think. The first one is it's going to be really good. Looking forward. Can, to it. can I let you in on a tip? The, the, what I recommend: <laughs> thermals, <laughs> battery operated trousers. Oh, oh yeah. hello! Where can you hello. buy those from? Uh, you, Not the club shop. <laughs> you should be able to buy them from the club yeah, shop. Actually, be. I should mention that to Pete Kuhick. Um But yes, I know it sounds like something from Wallace and Gromit, but uh, battery operated trousers um, are what? definitely the way to beat <laughs> the, the Adams Park chill. Not good in the rain, I shouldn't imagine. No, yeah. and I and I'm always <laughs> slightly worried, and I don't very often wear them. I, it was all right last year because obviously I was going along as a Wickham Sound person, but I'm always slightly reluctant to wear them as an away fan <laughs> because, of course, occasionally you you then do. Have the, the those things like in an airport that they, yeah. they check that you're not bringing in anything that you shouldn't, and I'm always slightly worried that they're going to go off and then they're going to. Well, how big are the what? batteries that go in? Not, not very big. <laughs> it's it's quite a car battery, you know, like, like a sort of uh, like, like a bit like an old mobile phone battery that you wow. used to get. Not like a car battery. No, not like a car battery. No. <laughs> and they just heat up, do they? And they, and they heat up. And you can have, like, three different different um, types of, you know, so, so it could be, like, really warm, uh, you know, just sort of medium or just, just you know, taking the chill off. But also on the wow. opening show, we'll be revealing something, talking of battery operated trousers, we'll be revealing um, <laughs> uh, something which uh, Luke did with you um, as well earlier in the week after a, a bit of a oh, surprise yeah. uh, <laughs> that you had, which was also uh, covered on that pre-season show uh, against Leicester as well. Hello, Mr. Rob Lesperance. Hello, Luke. Uh, you have no idea what's about to happen. <laughs> no. Uh, I yes. have spent the afternoon at Adams Park. Oh, uh, that's that's nice. That's nice. Mm, finally, have have got something done. I have completed a task that I've set myself. Uh, you have some audio in front of you. Yes, I do. It's called Mystery, is what it says it's on here. Mystery. 
<laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. It's not going to be... Do you know, the weirdest, thing, the weirdest thing is when I was listening to that, I was actually getting... I was getting flustered and hot, <laughs> and I don't really know why. Find out what made Rob flustered and hot oh, uh, no. on Saturday. Um, it's, mm. There's a cup of tea involved as well, I believe. <laughs> yeah, has it, has it got anything to do with the, the drive time trail that has gone yes. out quite, quite a lot recently? <laughs> yeah. And has had quite a lot of comments as well, I understand. Well... I, um, I, I'm not going to tell you. I, I heard this um, the full thing yesterday from Luke, and I genuinely did that. I sat here listening, laughing, and I, I, for no apparent reason, got really hot and flustered listening to it. We'll play that on Saturday sometime, I think. Well, maybe a few times on Saturday. So if you're fun. going to the game, either tune in or go and visit uh, Rob and the team, or make sure you're listening uh, from midday anyway. Uh, have a good show, sir. Thank you very much. Look forward to it. Uh, so Rob's back uh, with you on uh, on Saturday. Uh, the Wickham Wanderer Show continues now, though, and uh, let's hear from uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth, who was speaking after the draw with Oxford on Saturday. Gareth, we've seen some boring nil-nils in our time, but that wasn't one of them, was it? No, um, and the last two times we've been here, you know, we've been on the losing side, so I thought that was, uh, after Sunderland last week, or two weeks ago now, it was important... You know, to stop the losing run, uh, we've done that. And I thought first half we nearly did it in style. We had some real good chances. So I thought we had a better team by far and caught Oxford cold maybe with the formation, with what we were trying to work on. We were trying to frustrate their passing game a little bit. And with our fans getting right behind us, it, it was awesome. You know, I really did think we're, the goal was coming. Second half, the players had a little bit of an argument amongst themselves, I think, it coming off the pitch. And, uh, and I think that must have spurred them into some desire and some real, you know, they obviously had a, had a good chat at half time and come out with a bit between their teeth kicking towards the home fans wind against us they gave us a good goal for half an hour you know and, uh, and they had a, a lot of possession they had some good uh, through balls in there but never breached our final line which I'm really proud of you know I thought Anthony and Tafazoli JJ and Jack were brilliant today and, and Stocker of course that kind of leave him out you know comes for things and saves things and s- stops crosses you know and, uh, just a, a real all round good defensive performance but when we did get our chances second half we just didn't make it count with that final ball that final pass I told the boys they'll be few and far between watched the Birmingham Derby game last night Derby had 67% possession Birmingham beat them 2-0 we almost tried to model ourselves a little bit on that today let them have possession and spring counter-attacks almost worked but didn't do and then last 10 minutes I thought we could have got one off a set player or, or a breakaway just short of that but really proud and those lot over there they were they were awesome the fans were just brilliant um, they'll go home happy because it's a point away from home at a team that's been in the playoffs for the last few seasons I think it's a good point I think they'll be there and thereabouts again I think Carl's a good manager I think he's got a good team here and um, I guess say we uh, we entertain at Wickham in a few months but um, at the moment got to pick the boys up now and uh, Charlton wow another great club to come into uh, to Adams Park next week so can't wait for that and uh Thanks for all your support today. Yeah, you mentioned fans, and by the time we've played Cheltenham, it will have been a month since the last home game against Lincoln because of the Ipswich postponement. Wow. The fans have been all over the country in August, Exeter, Wigan, Sunderland. But the importance now of getting people down to see what this team is about. It plays some good football. It's had a great start. It must be all guns blazing now to, to put on a show next Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we've got different styles of playing, you know, and, uh, and today was soak it up, try and counter, you know, a little bit like we used to be today. I thought that was the right way to go today. Just short of a goal, but definitely 
definitely the clean sheet has paid off. But when we've got this three at the back, you know, we seem to play some real good flowing football going forward, getting the wing backs involved. So yeah, got um, got plenty to think about which way we're going to play next week, and uh, and the boys are up for anything. The, the the best thing about these guys is whatever I say, they will get behind me and do 100. percent You know, if it goes wrong, it is my fault because I'm asking them to do something specific. I'm pleased today we've got something out of the game. Next week, I'm sure it's going to be as entertaining. You know, we've uh, we've got a couple of players coming back from injury. We're going to have a real strong squad. I think Dominic Gape will be involved uh, at some stage next week. And uh, and like I say, Charlton Athletic. This was uh, this was a Premier League club, a, an established Premier League club, coming to town. Get behind us. Just show what this club means to you guys. Because that was lots today. We couldn't have done this without you. Thank you, and uh, can't wait to see you next week. Really interesting to hear from the manager talking about the different style as a player that he adopted to take on Oxford. And I think really pleased with the point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's a rare thing to say about a nil-nil where there weren't lots of goal mouth opportunities. But yes, it definitely was a very entertaining game. Um, and as you would probably expect with such a game, I think uh, Ryan Tafazzoli, uh, Anthony Stewart, David Stockdale, you know, unsurprisingly were probably the, the, the heroes of that uh, game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think when you look at it, definitely that was a, a well-deserved point. And as we touched on, you went along to Adams Park on Tuesday. I did. And chatted to, uh, among others, the uh, Chief Financial Officer, Pete Keogh. Indeed. In another one of those, uh, I didn't see him in the car park this time, like, like, like last season where, where I kept bombing into people in the car park, but did, did manage to, to grab a word with Pete um, and had a chat to him, first of all, uh, about recent events in Louisiana. Because I guess the, the car park's a lot quiet on a Tuesday. It is, it? yes, rather. During the day. I'm sure lots of Wickham fans heard the news um, from Louisiana a few weeks ago about the, the weather incidents and probably all thought of you. Just checking how, how Rob, how are Missy, how are all the family out there? All the family's based in St. Francisville and Baton Rouge, which is on the western side of the hurricane. Uh, it wasn't near as bad as New Orleans. New Orleans lost power for a couple of weeks. A little scary. I lost contact with my wife and kids for about 15 hours, but um, knew that it was on the safer side of the storm. Uh, very fortunate to have a generator that kicked on right when the power went off. A lot of devastation across South Louisiana. It's going to take a while to rebuild, but we're used to it. This stuff happens to us all the time, and we always come out stronger. But yeah, tough situation. I think we're always very, very grateful as well, and just amazed at how much time actually you spend over here, considering you've got so much family over there. Yeah, well, we're never going to be passive uh, investors in a football club. It was always the game plan. COVID has certainly made it a little bit harder, but now that it's opened up a little bit, I get to spend a little bit more time at home. Spent a, a good six, seven weeks at home there this summer, going back for almost the entirety of October, really getting the business side straight. We've got a few new employees coming on. It was uh, We obviously had to replace Kelly Francis, who has been an absolute rock at this club. Uh, there's a few people who really held this place together over the last decade, and she is certainly one of them. We're going to miss her, but we have a great new club secretary coming in. I think even on behalf of the fans as well, you know, there's not many football fans and clubs probably where they know the secretary, but here at Wickham Wanderers, she was very much a familiar face to all of us. No, and she's uh, ex- she's a perfect example of what it is to be a, a Wickham employee. Uh, she never said, it's not my job. Whatever it took, Kelly got it done. Didn't matter what time I, I called her, what time Gareth called her, uh, what time any of the players called her, what time Rob called her. You know, she was on deck, ready to go to help out with everything. I, kinda, I was kind of joking with Rob that uh, we're probably going to have to hire two people to replace her rather than just one. But I do think... Uh, with the number of folks that, that we've got coming in across the board, we'll hopefully be able to withstand that kind of loss. 
And that's one of the impressive things at the moment is just noticing the amount of recruitment and whatever notices that you're putting out. You can see how the club is actually growing. Yeah, really thankful for everybody that has sent their CVs in. We've had to make some really, really tough choices for some of these jobs. Um, It's really, really cool to have multiple great people to choose from that we're able to sort of mix and match with with the folks that we have in the organizational chart already. You know, you can draw it up however you want, but then until you look at the resumes and you see the individual skills and experience that folks like that have and are bringing in, you get to a more practical rather than theoretical organizational structure. So I've been really happy that we've we've found the right people, I think. And on the pitch, how happy are you with how the season's gone? You know, pretty happy. Really felt as though we could have gotten a result up in Sunderland with the number of chances that we had, the way that we dominated the first half. First 15 minutes, we brought over them. You know, as soon as we start scoring early goals when we are swamping teams like that, I think it's uh, we're going to be tough to deal with. I think as the you know we've actually had quite a few injuries early this year. We're about as strong as we ever have been. Um, I think almost everybody's back. So uh, we move from you know a, one type of selection headache, which is missing lots of starters, to the other type of selection headache, which is I've got too many players to choose from. But um, very happy five six matches into the season that that that's where we are because we do need the depth. And you must be delighted as well that we've got TJ DeBar, who's almost our sort of Ronaldo version in Gibraltar, where actually lots of Wiccan Wanderer shirts are now being sold on the rock because of TJ. Yeah, well, uh, he's actually got a little bit different nickname. Uh, he plays, he's, he's the Wickham Tevez. Uh, yeah, that's what I hear. The boys are calling him Tevez. So, you know, if, if, if your teammates are calling you that uh, that early, they're not going to give that nickname to anybody. And certainly when you see him play, he definitely, with the low center of gravity, the, the, the awareness in the box, he definitely reminds me uh, of a player like that. Now he's got a long way to go, but we think this is a perfect opportunity for him to show what he can do. And uh, he's certainly shown it um, with Gibraltar. And it's very impressive as well to see how we bring these players through. You look at Anis Mamesi, who was in a similar situation, obviously, a season ago, and where he is now, and hopefully TJ can, can follow in his footsteps. Yeah, uh, Anis got the call up to the 21s. I don't think uh, he's probably, he, I don't think he's too far away from getting the full call up. Um, he's come come along fantastically. Obviously, uh, you know, still learning some lessons as a young player in the league. Um, so he's got a couple of two or three game break. But um, I think he's going to learn from it, knows he made a mistake and uh, just grow from there. You know, I think once once his first shot goes in this year, he's going to score bucket loads of goals as well. Looking forward to the Charlton game where I'm imagining we will have probably the biggest attendance so far and biggest attendance actually at Adams Park for quite a long time. Yeah, I really hope so. We're really pushing it. The boys are playing very well. I think this is one of the best Wickham Wanderers teams ever. I almost think it might even be stronger than last year in the championship. And as we gather momentum, obviously more fans will come. But really, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is reach out to the community. It's just a fun day out in Wickham. We're right here. You're going to see some some. Cl- Classic English football matches. Very exciting. You know, obviously, uh, I think we pay a little bit more attention to defensive tactics and, and changing our defensive formation against the types of teams that we play against. But we really kind of drastically altered the way that we approach offensively. And we've got some really exciting players up top. I think we're going to see a lot of goals this year. So, you know, we've made improvements to the Chairboys Village, you know, so it's it's definitely a party atmosphere. Oh, so. completely. Get, get here early. Saturdays. Even if you don't like football, show up. You like beer. You like, you know, good people, good vibes. It's, well, 
good what's place n- to do it. What's not to like? Uh, and finally, obviously, we've got an important game on Tuesday night. How much are you looking forward to getting up to the Etihad Stadium? Who do we play? Uh, Manchester City, I think. To be completely honest, I'm just focused on Charlton. You know, Man City will be all right, but our goal is promotion out of out of League One this year. And so do we want to do well in cups? Yeah. Uh, is Man City a great away trip? You know, maybe make a little bit of money? Yes. But I can promise you this, we don't want to take our focus off of League One. That message has been clearly delivered through the building. You know, I don't even want to talk about it until Saturday at 5.15 or however much stoppage time we have uh, at the end of a good win. I really don't. You know, we tried to set it up and make it as smooth as possible so we could stop thinking about it a couple of weeks ago internally, and we have. We've set everything up for the staff and players, but really so that we could focus on Charlton. One game at a time. And then Charlton, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and really, you know, Rob's sent a pretty clear message that our focus this year is on the league. And that's fantastic. For a club like this, that's, that, that's so good to hear that yeah. actually, yeah, you know, yeah. championship club, that's where we're aiming to be. And to be completely honest with the guys that we have on the squad, everybody's been there and done that with big cup matches. You know, we've been away at Tottenham. We, uh, you know, the guys that we've had there are actually only a few of our older players that haven't played at City. So, obviously, it's a special night. One of the best teams in the in the world that even their third 11 uh, is absolutely top-notch, could probably beat the French national team. But we are going to give it a go once we get there. But you've trapped me into thinking about it before Charlton. Sorry, Pete. That's okay. <laughs> if you do see Pete Kuhig around either tonight, tomorrow, or before the Charlton game, don't mention Manchester City. We won't mention it for the rest of this evening. Uh, still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show, I'm very excited to be speaking to uh, former Wickham Wanderers goalkeeper uh, Paul Hyde in a few moments' time. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Hi, this is Joe Jacobson at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth looking ahead uh, to the game against Charlton on Saturday. Plus, we'll hear from Sergeant Lawrence East uh, about his uh, connection uh, to Adams Park as well and uh, what he's been up to this week. But first, uh, with uh, big thanks as always to the uh, Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, uh, we've spoken in the goalkeeping department already in uh, uh, last season and this season to uh, John Maskell and to Colin Bunting uh, this season as well. Uh, but now, uh, flying the gloves. Uh, I'm very pleased to say uh, we can speak to a uh, former stopper, someone who I saw play uh, many, many times. Uh, Paul Hyde, a very good evening to you. Uh, very good evening to you, gents. Thank you so You're much right. indeed for, uh, for for chatting to us. It's brilliant to, brilliant to speak to you and um, I think I thought um, uh, always a nice way to sort of start these, these sort of, uh, sort of uh, reconnections with the players is if you just sort of take us back to, to how you first became a Wickham Wanderers player. Well, well, that's a few years ago now, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a good story. Um, I had um, um, a game for Hayes uh, on a Tuesday night. John Reardon came and watched us. He didn't fancy us much, which uh, which pushed Martin O'Neill forward to think if John don't fancy him, then maybe he's a good player. And, uh, that was sort of one of the jokes. But uh, he um, he came and watched us, and uh, that night he, um, he thought it was uh, time to give us a call. He gave us a call when I was in work in London at a photographic studio, and uh, and it all went on from there. Really, it was just a roller coaster ride. I'm, I do remember the first game I played uh, was against West Ham uh, in a pre-season friendly, and um, Shoemaker, Shoemaker was there as well to, to contest for the, the shirt, and uh, um, 
And I was supposed to start, but with my wife and kids being late, I ended up getting the second half and uh, got, got in trouble straight away as soon as I'd sort of like, set foot in Wicked Wanderers. So, yeah. Nice story. <laughs> no, definitely, because you sort of came along shortly after the, the sort of first FA Trophy uh, final appearance and really got established after that. Yeah, really got... Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Once he, um, uh, Martin signed us, it was just... It was a dream come true. I mean, I, I remember saying to Derek Goodall at, uh, at Hayes, he, he, Wickham asked if I could play half a game. I was still under contract at Hayes, and they said no... We remember when we beat Wickham Wanderers in the old days. And I said, they're the old days. Them days have gone. I said, Wickham's where I want to be and I want to leave. And, and I want to have my trial and, and chance to go with Martin O'Neill and Wickham Wanderers. And eventually they bowed down and allowed me to play half a game. And half a game I got, uh, obviously, showed uh, a bit of promise. And uh, Martin selected me to uh, take the number one shirt. And, and that's where it all started. I mean, you couldn't have been any more pleased, I guess, with how it went. I think there was one season where you kept 16 clean sheets and, and were so sort of pivotal in, in the club doing so well. It was, uh, I think that was the first season. We um, <clears throat> we uh, ended up in the playoff finals that year. We played Carlisle in the semi and then, uh, and then obviously Preston in the final, which for me, looking back on it, was probably one of the greatest games of football ever. Really, really unbelievable games of football at Wembley with the goals that were scored it was just just an unbelievable um, performance by all the lads and uh, and that was the way Wickham played we just played football how we loved to play it and uh, Martin enjoyed every minute of watching us play that, that style of football and I'm sure you'll say that a lot of the players who played in front of you uh, should take a lot of credit as well oh that should take all the credit not some of it <laughs> uh, magnif- magnificent players Creaser Matty Matty was unbelievable. He had Cuz was just a le- lovely young lad with a bit of a edge on him, and you had um, um, Titson on the left back at the time before Belly came, and and in midfield then you got Keithy Ryan. You had Davy Carroll for me was the greatest player in my time. I just said you know he's just unbelievable. He played everywhere and anywhere. He's just uh, a maestro with the ball and. You had Scotty, who was a goal-scoring machine. You had Westy up front. You had uh, Kim Casey came in. Langford came in. Then you had Archie. I mean, you just go on and on and on. We played football on the front foot. We never played on the back foot. We 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 went and attacked, and we and we had knew we had good defence um, with the captains and the Matty crosses at the back and Jasons and and I, I just felt that playing football for Wickham. Uh, looking back on it and looking at some of the games that we played were just so exciting and so attacking and so positive. It was just unbelievable. And to play at Wembley as well, obviously against Ron Corner and then again against Preston, uh, must have given you some fantastic memories. I, you know, as a boy, I thought my time had gone. I think I was 24, 25 when I signed for Wickham, which is late. I'd, I'd squandered my chances to go pro at an early age through stupidity and being a boy. And um, I lost my way a little bit and Martin found my way and, and gave me the opportunity to join Wickham. To go to Wembley was a dream. A dream that, you know, you, you, I can't, can't explain it. And as being a footballer, it's just everything you want in life. And then to become a pro at the end of it as well was just the icing on the cake. And, it, it, you know, it, I, can't, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. And the years that go past and I look back and the time that I had at Wickham was the most magnificent time of just stories to be told and players to be talked about and 
and times to be had. It was just amazing, amazing. Paul, we, we hear that quite often as well from other Wickham Wanderers players. And how unique was that, that team setup in, in your career? Did you have that sort of setup anywhere else where, where you obviously, you know, you're speaking about it so warmly, where, where you felt so much part of, of something special? It was, uh, I, I don't think it was so special when I signed. I think a lot of the lads turned around to Martin and went, why have you signed in? He's mad. <laughs> Uh, and I think he'd reply probably was I've signed him because he is mad and uh, he'll give us an edge And uh, but then once you you got to know the lads and the lads got to know you and we are still very good friends we're on in contact all of us in contact on a daily basis whether it be telling jokes or, or arranging to meet up and uh, go out in London and we all come from different parts of the country or even the world some of us you know and uh, uh to explain what that was like, you had to be part of it. It, it was just incredible. I couldn't wait to go training. I couldn't wait to go to away matches. I couldn't wait to just be part of it. And when we lost the games, if, if we lost, we didn't lose too many in, in the, my time there, but again, not down to me. We all felt, for the gaffer, we all felt we'd let him down and let the supporters down. We were the most unselfish team in my history, knowing all the lads, we just wanted to win for each other and win for the gaffer and win for the supporters because it meant everything to us. It just really did mean everything to us. And I'm sure it's easy to forget as well, or, or take for granted, in fact, that even you know, in your initial time at the club, uh, you weren't even full-time, and then obviously getting promotion to the Football League as well and, and, and becoming full-time. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it was really tough times because there was a lot of travelling to be done. There was a lot of afternoons to be had off and a lot of mornings to be had off if you had a long midweek games, you know, and it was very testing and very taxing. But um, if offered the opportunity to do it again, I would have paid Wickham Wanderers to have done it. It was, you know, it was my pleasure and, and my honour to play for the club and my honour and uh, to just be part of it. And uh, it was just, looking back on it, they gave me my dream and, um, and you know, marching opened the doors for us and, and, and it just sort of like rollercoastered on and and for all the lads that were there, for all of us, I think we just just loved each other's company and we just all went out and it was one for all and all for one. I, it, it was just an incredible friendship time of, of brilliant football and and it was an incredible time for uh, Wickham Wanderers and the, and, the, um, and the supporters as well. It's just fantastic. Are there any particular uh, games or contests or players that you came up against which particularly stand out for you? Uh, standout games, quite clearly. The Colchester at home game when the, uh, the, uh, the goalkeeper stuck one past me, but uh, I still blame Chris for that one. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, joking apart. Um, the best game of football I think I played in down there was when we beat Coventry in the uh, League Cup. That that. Tuesday night in the League Cup when we had lost 3-0 at Coventry and then we went 4-0 up against them and I think they were second in the in the league in the top flight that year and I think it might have been the uh, uh, Gordy's last game for them because uh, they got so much stick and, and they had such a good team and the football was end-to-end and um, and they beat us on a deflected goal from Phil Babb if I remember correctly and it was just for me it was probably one of the great great games of football that I was involved in there was end-to-end stuff the football was classic the goals were amazing Terry Evans was playing he put a Grezovic in the goal when he scored a goal and I still don't know why it was disallowed but hey-ho it was and and then you go through to the 
playoff finals and the playoff semi-finals and, and it's just, there's just so many great games involved but yeah for me I think the two best best games for me were uh, the Coventry game and then the uh, playoff final when uh, David Carroll scored a couple and, uh, and and the goals were just magnificent and you speak to so many Wickham fans who say, you know, it would have been so great if you could have been at the club uh, a bit longer. But I guess, you know, with, in many situations, with, with a change of manager, um, you know, players sort of fall out of favour and, and, and you sort of end up uh, leaving the club. It was, uh, it was the most hurtful time in my life. And my parents took it. They felt the pain for me. My family took it on the chin as well and felt the pain. I can honestly say in my heart of hearts, I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know why it got where it was, did. I think we were second in the league uh, at the time to um, Notts County. I think they were top and we were second when I got called in by um, Mr No Name. And um, he said, you're not playing this weekend. I said, why? And I said, I, 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 he said, I've got someone else in. I went, OK. I said, so who are the reserves playing like you would as a pro? And he said, you're not playing for them either. You're not playing... And that was it, and that was the end of my career at Wickham. And it came to an abrupt end when we were second in the league and and going well with the similar sort of team. There'll be a few of them had already bit the dust, and uh, it was a it was a tough times, but we were playing well still. And and it was I couldn't get my head round and understand what was going on really because it was it was wrong, um, and it and it broke me. To to be fair, it broke my heart and leave that club and I turned up for training every day and I brought my own kit in and, and the lads could feel my hurt as well and they didn't know what to do and they couldn't do anything about it. It was just a horrible time. Horrible time. And strange for fans as well because obviously they wouldn't have sort of known the kind of behind the scenes if you like story and, and we're just seeing that, that you'd have left and, and another goalkeeper had been brought in. No, it's much deeper than that. Much deeper than that and even the, when, when he had an open forum my mum went to it without me knowing and uh, and he went to read something out that said uh, even sort of Bournemouth don't want him because he's too old. And, you know, I think she stood up and shouted out, you're a liar. That never happened. But, you know, it, it, it hurt my family because my family had a wonderful time, an absolute fantastic time at Wickham. They travelled the country to every game, home and away. And um, they were part of the Barmy Wickham, Wickham Wanderers Army, you know, and they, they, they all went away, all got on the coast together, and it was brilliantly organised, brilliantly run, and, and, and every weekend and Tuesday night was just buzzing and a fun time and a fun place to be, you know. It was just brilliant. It must have been great for you as well, a real lift when, when Martin took you on to Leicester as well. Martin was a complete gentleman. Yeah, he, you know, he, he took me to Leicester. He, he got rid of the big goalkeeper, Calic, at that time. And uh, he just said to us, he said, you know, I don't know if you'll ever be ready for the top flight. He said, but you're, all, all I know is, Heidi, he said, you'll never let me down. He said, you've never let me down and you never will let me down. He said, and I can trust you for that. And for that, I'm always thankful for the gaffer. And a total gentleman, a real honest, lovely man and lovely family that they are. And and um, I can't speak highly enough of him and the players that I played with. They, were, they are great mates still. And... Um, it was fantastic to be part of. And tell us what you're doing these days. I'm a school teacher at the moment. Yes, I've been school teaching for the last 15, 16, 17 years now. So I'm in the P and games department. I've mellowed a little bit, so I'm not too, uh, 
I'd, I'd quite like to be in that class. I think I think that will be, you know, I, I would imagine that would be quite good fun most of the time. It's it is fun. I always, I I teach with with a smile on my face and fun, and and I, and I like the kids to enjoy what they do. So, uh, and like when I went to school, you know, <laughs> in them days, you used to get a cane. You probably don't remember that, but we 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 play like Martin used to play with us as much as he showed a, a stern hand. He was such a funny man, Martin, and he, he brought humour to the club and. And we used to, <laughs> he used to invite us after the games if we won because he got so excited. He used to invite us into the ballroom for drinks, even if I ever didn't know about it. It was brilliant. It oh. was so funny. It oh, was it's... just a, a great place to be. It's fantastic to get that sort of behind-the-scenes um, insight as well. And you must be so pleased to see the club doing so well, especially with, you know, when you consider that you know, the manager came out against against you uh, playing for Preston at Wembley that time and you could never have imagined that, that he'd be leading the team out at Wembley to, to get to the Championship. No, it was funny because I got invited up to a couple of years ago, two, about three years ago. I got invited up to, uh, to present the uh, Supporters Player of the Year awards, and uh, they asked me to do a bit of a speech. So I wrote wrote down a bit of a speech, and actually, uh, Gareth was there, and, um, and I saw him, and I wrote down what I was going to say, and I actually ripped it up, threw it on the floor, and, and I, I was just stood up and said, "This gentleman's take you to another level. You're a family club. We are a family club. We're all still part of this club." And I said. And, uh, and Gareth, if you stay at this club, they will love you forever and a day, and, and they will repay you. This club will repay you, not with pennies and pounds, but they will repay you with love, and they will adore you. And I said, and, and if you stay and don't leave, because I was talking to him going to QPR at the time, I said, you will be rewarded. He got his reward that year. I went to the championship, which was just incredible, you know. And... Um, and for the for a club of Wickham Wanderers' size and uh, structure, for 20, in 25 years to get where they've got is just a, an unbelievable um, mark of success for the way that the club's been run from the from the ground staff, from the uh, catering staff to the management staff, right through the directors, and, and also on the footballing side. It's just been incredible run, and the only downside of that was. No one was allowed to watch him in the championship, which must have been heartbreaking for all the supporters. No, definitely. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much, Steve, for your time. That's an absolute pleasure. Uh, Paul Hyde, former goalkeeper from Wickham Wanderers, speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Hi, everyone. It's Matt Bloomfield at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. Still to come on the final part of the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth ahead of the uh, uh, game on Saturday against Charlton Athletic. But first, uh, I don't know what you've been doing today or how you've spent your day, but <laughs> I think it'll feel quite insufficient compared to how uh, Sergeant Lawrence, who's from Thames Valley Police, has been uh, spending his day. Uh, tell us what you've been doing today, sir. Uh, hello. So, I, well, I've climbed one of the peaks in Wales today. I've been a penny fan. And, and tell us what you were doing yesterday. Uh, so yesterday I was at Adams Park, it was lovely to be there, um, and I put on all my riot kit and spent 10-15 minutes running around the pitch until I did a mile. Uh, and tell us why you were doing this. So I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer last year, it's, um, it's incurable unfortunately, so I'm just trying to raise a bit of awareness around the symptoms uh, and the sort of mental health side of it whilst, um, whilst raising a bit of money for the charity um, to uh, kind of help with some research etc. to hopefully prevent other people having to go through what I am. 
Well, it must be a hugely um, difficult thing, I guess, for, to be able to kind of um, sort of take in the, the, this news, but also to be able to turn it around and, and do something positive like this. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very interesting thing to sort of deal with in your head, and, and I'm very much a great believer that if we, if we look after our mental health and what's going on in our, in our minds, then our kind of physical health follows. Um, and so by doing these sort of runs, etc., it's, it's just a positive thing that allows me to kind of take the fight back a little bit. Um, whilst also raising a bit of money and awareness for a great cause. And I guess it didn't take long to choose Adam Spark as one of your venues either. <laughs> to be fair, Adams is actually one of my favourite stadiums in the Thames Valley area. Just the, um, It's the family atmosphere of the crowd that, that's always been so lovely there. Because I guess you've been there many times in, in a professional capacity. No, I've worked it on, on yeah, many occasions over the years. But but presumably or hopefully not not in riot gear too often. <laughs> no 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 I don't think I've ever actually had any disorder there <laughs> in all the years I've worked it. Like I say, the, the atmosphere at Adams is, is wonderful compared to some of the other stadiums. How would you describe the, the running in the riot gear? Because obviously not many of us will get the ch- will get the chance to do such a thing. Yeah, so uh, I don't know what you could compare it to. I suppose similar to maybe what like a mountain biker would wear in terms of some of the kit, but it's um it's an extra seventeen kilos of weight. So if you've ever kind of gone running with a weighted vest. That's probably the best parallel. Um, it's just kind of putting a big, big amount of weight on and, and trudging round. It's just, um, just makes it a little bit more of a challenge. And did it seem like quite a long way? Because you, you, you said it was a mile, but I imagine a mile can feel like quite a, quite a distance in that sort of kit. Well, I can assure you, with the treatment etc. I'm going through at the minute, it's very much a kind of run, walk a little bit, run, walk a little bit. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a bit of a plod, but you just just put one foot in front of the other. And you, you did it with your son as well, I understand. Yeah, it's really lovely. My oldest son is doing it with me. Back in last November, we did 24 of them. We did um, a mile a day for 24 days because, um, unfortunately, 24 people a day die from this um, particular cancer. Um, so that was the significance around this one. And he he ran those with me too, which is it's very proud for me to be able to do that with my boy. No, definitely. And 74 is quite a significant number for you as well. Uh, yeah, it happened to use my shoulder number. That's how that, that number came around. So we're hoping to... So Adams Park was our third... Our third one, we're hoping to do 74 stadiums around the, um, around the land um, from here on in, doing one a week around my treatment. And you're saying the Three Peaks Challenge you're hoping, hoping to fit in as well? They say, <laughs> yeah, just... in the yeah, 4th of October, we, um, we head north to, um, to take on Ben Nevis first, then Scarfeld and then Snowden. Uh, and that's, that's with a, a separate charity called the Curtis Palmer Programme, which is based all around the sort of kind of mental health of PTSD and anxiety, stress, etc., that emergency workers suffer. And you must be so pleased with the amount of money that you've raised already. It's going well, going well at the minute. The, the, the more, the better. Ultimately, the, the, bizarrely, pancreatic cancer is really underfunded. Kind of your your generic cancer charities that you um, you donate to, only three percent of the funds goes towards pancreatic cancer, which is a, quite shocking, really. But on the same note, I kind of understand they need to put their money where they think they'll get the best results. Um, so it's nice to actually raise something specifically for them. Because I guess it's one of the lesser-known cancers, if you like. It is. It's sixth on the list, I think, in terms of how common it is. Um, but unfortunately, the death rates behind it are, are shocking. Most people only live three months after diagnosis. Um, most people after that only get to six months, and it's only got a 5% survival rate. Um, so as, as cancers go, although not as common, it is brutal if you're unlucky enough to get it. Of course. So how can people support you, um, both obviously financially and but in other ways as well? Uh, so my, I've got a website, it's shieldrun.org. Um, there's contact details on there if people want to send messages. It tells a little bit of my story. And there's also the buttons to kind of donate to the charities. 
um, if people choose to. Well, thank you so much for, for your time, and obviously congratulations on, on what you've achieved so far, and, and all the best with the rest of your challenge. No, thank you for having me. It's been, it's been lovely, and thank you for having me at Adams Park. It was a, it was a really good day. No, you, you picked a very good ground to, to go around. <laughs> You're not biased, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Thanks again for your time. No problem. Good luck at the weekend. Thank you very much. Wish you all the best. Bye-bye. Uh, Sergeant Lawrence East from Thames Valley Police speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Uh, earlier on today, uh, we caught up with uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth as well to uh, to look back uh, at the game against Oxford, to look ahead to Charlton, but also get his assessment on how he felt the season's gone so far. Yeah, I think we've had a decent start, you know. Um, probably as good a start as we've had for many a season and it shows the strength of the league that we're you know I think we're we're 10th away so it's it's a heck of a strong league this year and I think that um, people have got to realise that um, I think that we were in the championship last year which was a a big strong championship and then we've come into another big strong league here in League One uh, we seem to follow it around a little bit um, but you, you know I'm, I'm, I look at my board in front of me and, and some of the names on that board you know Sunderland, Ipswich Oxfords and, and they're just huge teams that we've played recently um, or we didn't play the Ipswich game obviously but um, we're, we're happy where we are because I think playing Sunderland away Wigan away Oxford away I think there's three big away ties there I think uh, Accrington has showed their strength and Lincoln City finding their feet. So I think we've had quite quite a tough start, but um, I'm really happy with the points we've turned we've had so far and, uh, and where the boys are. I think one or two injuries are coming back as well. So you're going to see the depth in the squad. And, and again, very thankful for, for Rob and Pete Keurig and, and Mr Keurig have, have backed me with, uh, with the finances to get the squad together that I wanted. You always want more and more and more, but... Uh, Rob has really backed me with uh, with my targets. Um, yeah, obviously missed out on one or two, but um, that's football. I'm really pleased where we are at the moment, and, uh, and some of these young boys as well coming through. I think we've got some exciting times ahead at Wickham. I was going to say it feels like such a, a mixture of, of youth and experience in the side, and you must be so pleased with how the new signings have settled in as well. Yeah, Brandon coming in, he's going to need a bit of, of fitness, you know, um, and, and we start on a pre-season, the Sully Kaikai, you know, is slotted in really well, uh, you know, I'm thinking in Sam Bogues, obviously getting a couple of goals early on in his, his Wickham career is, is, is great. So, um, just all, all round, good feeling about the place, you know, and Josh uh, going, I don't even count him as a new signing sometimes, he's, you know, he's in pitches in days gone by, but, um, you know, four of them have really, have really made an impact. Really made a difference, as well as some of the old, the old guard here that uh, that I think have, uh, have upped their game because of what we've brought in. You know, and uh, and yeah, really, really impressed with the uh, with the way everyone's settled in, and uh, one or two new staff members as well. We're, we're becoming this uh, this proper football club now that we've we've desired for seven, eight, nine years. You know, and uh, with the courage in. Um, it's been a fantastic transformation. And I know you spoke after the Oxford game about how pleasing it is that, that the players are so adaptable to the different styles of play that you're able to adopt already. Yeah, the Oxford game, it's funny for me. If, uh, if anyone thinks that's not a derby, um, I don't know why the, the Oxford fans cared so much then. <laughs> it, was a, it was a real blood, guts and thunder one because uh, we knew what they're a very decent side at home. Um, we know what they can do and... Uh, I think adapting to a different formation and a different way of playing, the boys took it on. And honestly, the, the best thing about being a football manager is when you say something, your players do it 100%. Yep, I'm ready to take the blame if it doesn't work. And, and that happens sometimes. But I'm so pleased that the players bought into what we wanted to do. And, uh, 
Canberra with a great point. I think that'll be a big point at the end of the season. I'm looking forward to uh, to the next few games coming up now. And you were saying you're getting players coming back. It, it must be so pleasing to have uh, Dominic Gate returning as well. Gabe is huge, you know, huge player. What a, what a player he's been over the years for us, and you know, just himself, but David Wheeler, the tough as all the game, fit again, and and uh, and one or two of them. So some of these young boys, you know, Chris Perino and Jack Wakeley, two big centre halves there, who who have been in the treatment room, and, and and I think what happens is when you sign for Wickham, when you come to Wickham, the intensity of the training, uh, the change of pitches, the, the 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 things we do differently in the sports science department which will improve you ultimately um, sometimes the boys will pick up the odd niggle and we have to we have to be very careful with these it's uh, it's a balancing act as the manager I have to be bite my tongue sometimes because I know Kian and Dave um, who've been with me nearly all my managerial career know exactly what they're doing I trust them wholeheartedly you know they're always on at me and, and but they're fantastic at their jobs, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are better than you at their jobs is, is key to management. Um, a lot of managers won't do it because they're scared. I want everyone better than me around me. Um, if, if everyone's better than me, then we're in a good place and, uh, and it's easy to manage them all. So, yeah, trust and, uh, and patience with, uh, with some of these younger players is, is key. But um, the squad now is coming together really nicely and um, really pleased where we are. The players and fans alike must be really looking forward to Saturday as well because it feels like such a long time. I think it's almost a month uh, since we've had a home game at Adams Park and especially with the last 18 months, a real great opportunity for the fans to come and see, uh, especially a team like Charlton visiting. Yeah, and, and absolutely hitting the point home that I think we've had a tough start. You know, the, the games we've had before have been away, you know, and, and that's been a real tough start in the league. So we need to make sure that we're we're on it on Saturday. Um, you know, and, and at home, I know... Um, Rob and Pete want as many people down as we can. You know, um, Charlton will bring a good following. It's only, it's only an hour away. You know, and and, uh, and South East London there, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure that um, it's going to be a, a, a real, a real good atmosphere. You know, um, we've, we've updated the stadium, we've upgraded things, and all these things don't mean a lot if, if you're not winning games. But just to come in now and see. You know the, the electric boards around the place, the the, the scoreboard, the, the sound system, all, all these things. Um, I'm hoping that the fans are proud of proud of their Wickham, you know, because uh, it's uh, it's something I'm really proud of. You know, the journey we've been on and what we are now. I just want to get this place packed out now, and I know that um, the terrace will be full, and and if we can if we can fill up the other the other areas and and you know get some vocal support behind the boys, I know it makes a hell of a difference. It always did when I played, and believe me, you're. Your shouts count, and uh, and I would uh, I would love to see six thousand, hopefully seven thousand. You know, if we could get anything like those those numbers week in week out, I think we'd have a we'd have a real chance at achieving something special. And a win against Charlton does sound especially does sound especially pleasing, especially for fans to come away from on Saturday. Charlton Athletic, you know, we all remember Charlton Athletic as Alan Kirbishley and, and the Premier League days, you know, and, and this is a this is a huge club with steeps in history, you know, and, and you know one of the original London clubs, one of the first ones, you know. So it's it's a huge game, a real huge game, and, and I'm, I'm again, I don't want to I'm big everyone up, but you know we are in this league now that we've been trying to get in for 20 years. We're established in this league now, you know. We're, no longer is it about surviving in League One, which it always has been for this football club. This is now achieving from League One, which is it's phenomenal. But to do that, you have to beat teams like Oxford and Charlton and Ipswich and Sunderland and and Portsmouth and Wigan and and Bolton. You know, <laughs> the list will go on and on. You know, but um, it's really special to be involved and to be seen as an equal amongst these teams. These teams fear Wickham as much as they fear each other, 
and for me that's a huge success story for us. And just briefly, uh, finally, just to get your thoughts on, uh, we're speaking to uh, Lawrence East from Thames Valley Police who did a lap of Adams Park raising money for uh, pancreatic cancer. I know you played in a, a charity game at the weekend down at Horsham and obviously an ambassador of One Can Trust. It's so fantastic that the club um, can su- support these good causes. We've got to keep our humility and our roots as well, you know. You can't go off and not be there for the, the people who've been there for you and, and the, the important things in, in, in life. Um, the moment you you think you're bigger than you are, you know, pride before a fall, you know, don't don't be too big, never, ever. And uh, and I think that we keep grounded here, which is really important. And as I've always said, football is, is, is huge, but it's not everything. And as long as we keep that mantra here, I think that's important. It's a very important part of my life. It's a huge, important part of a lot of people's lives. But we're putting some perspective of somebody with pancreatic cancer or, or, or people who, who can't afford to buy food for their, their kids on the table, then football definitely becomes secondary in there. And as long as we keep those values, I think we, uh, we're, we're very proud of our football club. I think that's something as well which is, is really nice and really noticeable. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you do want to donate, uh, incidentally, uh, shieldrun.org was the, the website address. Uh, currently, the totals are over £30,000. Yeah, no, it's fantastic really achievement. Really, uh, really pleased for, uh, for Sergeant Lawrence East and uh, really appreciate uh, his time in chatting to us. And it's just the way he was, he's just to, 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 to take that on as well. Yeah, just oh, to... completely. Yeah, and, and given the fact that he has the condition that mm. he has um, and you know we're, we've said it before that you and I struggled to run upstairs here at Wickham Sound let alone running actually around the, the Adams Park pitch and he was in I Wales I can't quite today. imagine exactly <laughs> I can't quite imagine doing that in, in riot gear kit and running around it so many times and then the following day thinking oh I know what I'll do I'll, I'll, I'll go to Wales and climb up a mountain because when we were arranging to speak to him he was sort of obviously setting out how, what he was doing today and it just felt it just made sort of the, what, what I'd done today feel so insignificant <laughs> 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 what like you've done today is appreciated by many people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, no, it's fantastic uh, to speak to him and uh, all our guests. Actually, really enjoyed chatting to to Paul Hyde. If you'd have told me, you know, back in the early nineties when I was watching him play, that however many years it is later, I get to chat to him, it was, it was brilliant. He, he was really, really good. I thought really interesting um, talking. Uh, you could hear the love, really, couldn't you? Talking about about the ex players, um, and also you could hear the hurt. Absolutely. Me, uh, about how he then left the club. Um, so thank you to him for being uh, so honest. Um, if you are getting down to Adams Park uh, on Saturday, then do come and say hello, uh, because of course Wickham Sound will be there from 12 o'clock. Uh, Rob's show uh, coming live from Adams Park. Uh, we are the new uh, pre-match partners for the club. And Just Bob making sure that I got that, got that right. Bob will be on hand to give uh, battery-operated trouser advice as well. I will, yes. I, I am going to try and ensure that the club shop does have some battery-operated trousers by Saturday.